Hi everyone, welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Father, this morning as we are in this place, we thank you for the peace that you speak into our lives. That when the storms of life rage around us, when we find ourselves at our wit's end, at what we think is maybe our very end, your peace calms the storms. You, the Prince of Peace, speak into us, and we can say with the songwriter, it is well. God, we thank you for the way you speak into our lives, the way you move in our lives. We thank you for this moment we've had to stand before you and stand side by side with one another and sing our songs of praise to you, to lift up our hearts and our voices to you. And now, Father, we open up your word. We open up your word because we need for you to speak into every part of our lives. So would you do that today? Would you teach us, speak to us, and teach us? Teach us how to love better. I pray this in the name of King Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, great to see you this morning. Glad that you're here with us. And those of you who are tuned in online, thanks for being here as well, making this a part of your weekend. Uh, I want to just mention a couple things before we dig into our sermon time this morning. Uh, first, let me say just a huge thank you to all of you who uh, helped and participated last Sunday night with our uh, big flannel by the fire event. Uh, this this uh, fall festival that we have every year uh, just gets bigger and better every year. And so my thanks to the many of you who uh, man stations and help uh, run games and entertain kids and stuck around afterwards and helped clean up and got here early to help set up. Uh, just a wonderful event. Those of you who um, participated in that, you came, you brought your friends, you brought your family. Thanks for making that a part of your weekend last weekend. What a great time. And if you're curious about how the chili cook-off went, uh, there was no chili cook-off. We won't talk about it. All right. <laughs> Which is hints for Larry didn't win again. So we'll talk about that another time and pick it back up next year. Also, what I'll mention to you, I mentioned this last week, uh, but coming up on uh, November the, I don't have the date in front of me, the 8th. Brenda, are you here? Eighth. November the 8th, uh, we have our first opportunity to uh, help with the best blessings in a backpack program uh, by packing some backpacks. And so when you uh, leave this morning, you'll have another chance to pick up one of these cards. All the information, we've got a great opportunity to participate in this program. If you don't know what it is, uh, very simply, uh, these backpacks go home with, uh, with, with students in our local schools on Fridays, and it's food. It's for those uh, families and students in our community um, who are dealing with some food insecurity. And so it's a way that we can help make sure that the kids get to eat, and that seems like a pretty important thing for us to be doing. So we're glad we get the, the opportunity to participate in that. And the first hands-on time for that is coming up on November 8th in that packing event. We'll talk more about that next week as we get even closer to it. Well, this fall, we are in a series of sermons that we're calling Say Yes, thus the big letters everywhere. And the idea behind this sermon series, Say Yes, is that we are taking the opportunity to say yes to participating in the kingdom of God. That we have this chance, we have this moment to participate, and we're talking about all different ways that that looks like. Not all of them, there's so many. There's so many ways that we can participate in God's kingdom. And so I've reminded you throughout this series, and let me do that again this morning as we kick into what I want to talk about today, that Jesus taught us to pray. In the great model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he taught us to pray these words. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, and then these. Your kingdom come... 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I bet even if you've not ever been to church before, you've heard those words before. They were printed on a plaque in your grandma's house, or you've heard someone say that, that Lord's Prayer, that model prayer before. And that line that Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven has kind of been the catalyst to everything I've wanted to talk about in this series. I've kind of transposed those words to just simply say it like this. May up there come down here. May God's kingdom come here and now. God's kingdom is not just heaven that we look forward to when we die. But God's kingdom is here and now. It's when God's desires are being realized on earth. It's when God's purposes are being fulfilled. It's when God's love is being shown. It's when the church gets to be God's hands and feet and love its neighbors and feed kids and the thing. In other words, we pray to God, may up there come down here. Oh God, in this crazy world, in this world of so much sorrow and so much war and so much hurt and so much tragedy, in this crazy world full of violence and abuse and evil and lies and selfishness. God, may your kingdom of goodness come down here. God, may your kingdom of compassion come down here. God, may your kingdom of peace come here. May your kingdom of joy be here. May your kingdom of hope, may up there come down here. May your kingdom of power and glory, may up there come down here and bring it through us. Those of us who say yes to participating in this kingdom. Well, today I want to explore another way that we can say yes to participating in the kingdom of God. And that is to say yes to a life of generosity. People in this kingdom... People in God's kingdom don't spend their days building up their own little empires. They don't stockpile. They don't hoard their stuff. Instead, they are experiencing the absolute rush of giving themselves away, of living beyond themselves. They are discovering that Jesus was right. Jesus was spot on when he said it's a whole lot more fun to give than it is to get. And when Jesus said that, he wasn't making some big televangelist, TV preacher spiel. He was simply talking about a pathway to living a great life. One that is full of gratitude and joy and passion and freedom. A life where generosity just flows out of us. Us who are participating in this kingdom, it flows out of us like a river. You know, our world is made up of all kinds of people. There are dog people and there are cat people. There are swimming pool people and there are beach or lake people. There are early morning people, there are late night people, there are coffee people, there are tea people, there are figure skating people, there are hockey people, there are tennis people, there are golf people, there are Michigan fans, and there are normal people. <laughs> there are all kinds of unique and different kinds of people in the world. An unbelievable variety of interests that people have. But there is one kind of interest. There is one interest that unites the entire human family. From culture to culture, from nation to nation. The one thing that we all have in common, the one interest that we all have in common, do you know what it is? Self-interest. 
We didn't come out of our mother's wombs natural-born givers. But instead, we're natural-born takers. I mean, babies, from the moment that they're born, they just want to be fed. And they will let you know, even if it's in the middle of the night, feed me, feed me, the baby cries. You know, my wife, and Megan, and I, we had a very special arrangement when our kids were babies. And they would need to be fed in the middle of the night. Megan would get up and feed them. I would stay in bed and pray for them. I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm not that horrible. Well, yeah, I probably am, but not that time. All right. And then when kids become toddlers, what's one of the hardest things to teach a toddler? To share, right? To share. Did you have to teach your kids to take? No, they, they got that. They figured that out. Now, Caroline, now when you see your little two-year-old friend playing with a toy that you want, you go up there and you grab it from her. You just take it right from her. You take mine, mine. I didn't have to teach her that. She figured that out all by herself. You don't have to teach your kids to do that. No, we are natural-born, self-interested takers. I don't know if you know this about men or not, but men, you'll, you'll appreciate this, me saying this out loud in front of your wife. You okay? We have this area of selfishness that we never grow out of. And we're admitting it, guys. It's okay. Men do not like to share their food. And you ladies, I don't know why, but you always want to share our food. You're sitting at a restaurant with a lady, and you order something. She says, oh, good, I've always wanted to try that. Then order it. This is my food. This is not your food. You're through the drive-thru. Honey, do you want some fries with that? No, 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 I'll just have some of your fries. No! I'll order two orders of fries. They'll, they'll, Wendy's will give us two things of fries. What's wrong? Why do you want our food? And our lives are just like that, just self-interested. We are natural-born takers. We want more and more and more. Listen, I'm no different than you. We are all in this thing together. So here's a myth that we've fallen for. We think that the more I have, the happier I am. And we all get seduced by this myth of more. We look around at what other people drive, what other people are wearing, where they live, what trips they get to, to go on, how they get to remodel their kitchen. We scroll through social media accounts looking at the highlight reel of other people's lives, and we become discontented with our own. So we begin to think, I, I, I just don't have enough. I got to have more, and when I get more, then I'll be happy. But here's what happens. The more a person has, the more a person wants. That's why we can walk up to a closet full of clothes, look into that closet for five minutes, and say this without any sense of irony, huh, I just don't have anything, finish the sentence with me, to wear. The truth is we have clothes. We have work clothes, and we have workout clothes. We have work-in-the-yard clothes. We have wear-after-work clothes. Many of us grew up reading Charles Schultz's famous Peanuts comic strip in the paper. And one of the most famous ones, one of the early ones, we see Snoopy laying on top of his doghouse. It's Thanksgiving Day. He's clearly upset because Charlie Brown and the whole gang are in the house and they're having their big Thanksgiving dinner and he's left outside alone and Snoopy's feeling sorry for himself. He doesn't get the goodies around the table. He's stuck on top of his doghouse eating dog food. Well, he reflects on this a little bit, and this is what it says in the caption. Snoopy turns to himself. I think I've got it up there. Oh, my. It, it, it might have been worse. I could have been a turkey. If you don't take anything else away from what we talk about today, I want you to take these four words away. 
it could be worse. It could be worse. Snoopy's a pretty good example for us. It could be worse. Matter of fact, will you just say those words out loud with me a couple times? Just let me hear you say it. It could be worse. Let me, give me some gusto. It could be worse. All right, one more time. It could be worse. Now hold on to that for a second, because here's what's going to happen today. You're going to leave here in a few minutes. You're going to walk out to your car in the parking lot. And as you're getting in your car, you're going to look around, and you're going to be tempted to think, oh, if I had that car over there, then that bigger car, that fancier car, that nicer car, that newer car, that more expensive car, then if I had that one, then I would be content. But not today. You're not going to think that. No, 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 not today you're not. At least not today. At least today you're going to think. When you get into your car and you see the other car, you're going to think and you're going to say to yourself with great passion, it could be worse. And when you drive that car to wherever it is that you live, whether it's an apartment or it's your house or it's your parents' house, wherever it is you're going to, and you get to the door, and when you put your hand to the door, now you're going to be tempted to think about somebody else's house. You're going to be tempted to think, I know if I could just live in another place, if I could live in another town, if I could live in a house that was bigger, a house that was newer, a house that was fancier, then I would be happy. Then I would be content. Then I would finally have enough. But today, no, 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 not you. Today, at least today, you're going to walk in that front door and you're going to say to yourself with great rigor and gusto, it could be worse. Tomorrow morning, when you roll over and you look at your spouse, don't you do it. <laughs> don't you do it. Don't take it that far. <laughs> what happens is, to us is this. We've fallen for the myth that more will make me more happy. And listen, I'm not just talking about stuff today. It can be more power, more recognition, more responsibility at work, more prestige, more blessings. But Jesus comes along and teaches us that in his kingdom, there is something that is completely backwards to the way that we think. So much so that we, when we hear it, we think, yeah, Jesus, I'm not sure you got that right. But here it is. Acts 20. The Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. Quick show of hands. How many of you would like to be more blessed in your life? This is not a trick question. <laughs> Everybody's like, where's he going with this? Yeah, of course we would. I think deep down, we all would want to be more blessed. The word blessed in Scripture means happy. Could you use some happiness in your life? And while we've all fallen for the myth that the more I have, the happier I will be, Jesus comes along and teaches us that in his kingdom, the truth is you're far happier, you're far more blessed giving than getting. Jesus was simply talking about how we participate in the kingdom. We are saying yes to a life of generosity. So let me try to apply this in a couple of ways quickly this morning. When Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive, he was talking about your time, your talents, your service, your resources, and your finances. When he taught his disciples that the last shall be first, the greatest among you shall be the servant of all, he was talking about a path to happiness. But many of us don't believe that generosity is actually a path to happiness. And the reason is, if we're honest... 
The reason is that most of us don't, that most people, I should say like this, most people don't jump in and live generously with their time and with their energy and with their emotions and with their service and with their resources, finding their place of service in or through the church. I think the number one reason, the number one reason is because to most of us, it just doesn't sound like very much fun. Descending into greatness, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Living a life where generosity flows, that doesn't sound like it will make you happy. It sounds like Jesus was a little confused. There's a noted psychologist by the name of Dr. Martin Segelman. In his book, Authentic Happiness, he talks at great length about this idea that all of us have that we would be more happy if we had more. If we had more something, we'd be more happy. If we had more chocolate, more success, more achievements, more sex, more something. Here's what he concludes in his book. He says, it ends up that the gap between more and enough can never be bridged. So here's what Dr. Slegman did. He gave his psychology students an assignment. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to do one act, one thing that you know will make you happy. One pleasurable thing, one thing that's selfish, that's just for you. And then I want you to go out and I want you to do one act of compassion, one purely unselfish piece of behavior, and then write down your reflections to both of those things. Just time out before I finish the story. Guys, men, just so we're clear, you are not sacrificially serving your wife by throwing your socks in the general direction of the laundry hamper. All right, you, you're better than that. Guys, we're not helping our wives when we load the dishwasher. You live there. You load the dishwasher because you're your dishes. All right, here we go. Dr. Slegman says, the result of this little experiment were life-changing for his students and for him as a researcher. Here's what they found. The afterglow of the pleasurable activity, you know, whether it was hanging out with friends or watching a movie, a hot fudge Sunday, whatever it was, the afterglow of the pleasurable activity paled in comparison to the one act of compassion. The one act of unselfishness, selfishness. Dr. Schligman found that when people are involved in acts of service for others, or using our term, when they live generously with their time and their talents and their resources, when they're involved in acts of giving themselves in the service of others, they become less self-absorbed, less depressed. They become more tuned in to others, more capable of empathy, they have a greater sense of community and a decreased sense of loneliness. Do you, do you find that ironic? Because oftentimes when we pursue and we make our primary focus something that we think is, this, this is going to make me happy. This is it. This is going to make me happy. We actually become more depressed. But when our focus becomes to bring joy to other people's lives, we end up getting what we selfishly wanted in the first place, which was happiness. Jesus said, you're more blessed, you're happier through giving than receiving. So if the kingdom is a kingdom of selflessness and generosity, why do we struggle to become generous? Whether it's with our hospitality or our food or our time. Because many of us have convinced ourselves, when I have more, then I can be more generous. That sounds right, doesn't it? That seems to make sense, right? But research shows it's actually just the opposite. 
that most people in the United States, the data shows, when they make more, they give less away, proportionally speaking. When they make more, they give less away. Isn't that interesting? Well, here's the truth straight from God's Word. When I'm generous, I'll have more. Jesus gave a real interesting teaching about a basket one time. He put it this way. This is Luke chapter 6. He says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. That's a weird little metaphor that Jesus uses, for, at least for our ears. We don't do a lot with baskets like that anymore. But in Jesus' day, in the first century, when Jesus spoke this metaphor, the people who heard him, they knew exactly what he was talking about in that context, what a basket was in that context. In that day, when it was time for the wheat harvest, landowners would hire day laborers. And they would send these laborers out into the fields with a basket. And their job is to go out and, and cut, cut the wheat down and fill up the basket with the wheat. And they would harvest the grain, fill the basket, and then they would carry the basket across the fields, the basket of wheat across the field in order to dump the basket in the pile and go back and get the basket full again. Well, the workers weren't dumb. Those baskets would be heavy, big baskets. So they would fill the basket half full or maybe two-thirds full so that it was a little lighter, a little easier to carry. They didn't wear themselves out quite as quickly. But, the, but at the end of the week, the landowner would say to the day laborers, okay, as part of your payment, you get the last basket. The last basket that you fill, you get to take that basket home. Whatever you put in the last basket, that's the one you're going to take home to your family, to feed your family. How do you think they filled that basket? Well, they would get that basket, and they would fill it up. They would press it down, you know, like you do the trash can. Press it down, compress it as hard as they could. They would shake it so it would shift down and get in the basket. So they get more in the basket. They would load that basket up until it was spilling over and, and dumping out onto their laps. That's the basket that they would take home to feed their family, to take care of their own needs. They would press it down, shake it together, put in more good measure and press it down and shake it together. Because of their master's generosity, their baskets were running over. Jesus says, that's the way God treats you. That's the way God treats you. Jesus is saying that that's the kind of God that we have. He is the kind of God that is a God of generosity and abundance. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. And I just have to say, I am so grateful that we have so many basket mindset people who are a part of this church. Faith Christian is extraordinary, extraordinarily blessed because so many of you have a basket mindset. And I can't, can't help but wonder how much more God could do if we really believed. If we really believed, the more we give of our time and our talents and our service and our resources, the more that we'll have. That you really are happier, you're more blessed giving than receiving. Can I just get personal for a second? Here's what I'm, I'm learning. Megan, my wife, and I are learning in our lives. We're slow learners sometimes. We're, we've learned this. Generosity doesn't happen until we make it a priority. You, you're not going to stumble into a life of generosity. And it doesn't happen until we make it a priority, until we decide that's who we want to be. That's what we want to be, grateful, generous people. We want to share our wealth and our time and our home and our food to touch the lives of other people. 
We want to be people who are participating in the kingdom by saying yes to living a life of generosity. So here's what I wonder. I wonder how the Holy Spirit wants to apply this to your life today. I wonder where he wants to lead you. I wonder who he's calling to face their self-centered, self-interest, narcissistic ways. I wonder who he's calling to serve and love and minister and encourage the next generation of kids and students at Faith Christian. Or make a difference on one of our serving teams around here. I wonder who's feeling called to say yes to the kingdom way of Jesus. Because that's where more blessing, more happiness is found. Let me pray for you. If our community team will take their places, please. Would you just go ahead and bow your heads, close your eyes, and would you just take a moment? I'm going to let you start the prayer today, and I'm going to finish it. Would you just take a moment and pray? Pray about wherever you think God wants you to apply this to your life today. And open yourself up to his activity. Would you just pray silently for that? Thank you, Jesus. There is no king like you. Thank you for leading the way. Thank you for setting the example. Thank you for putting others first. Thank you for letting generosity flow through your life by giving the greatest gift in the world, your own life, your own blood on the cross on our behalf. We celebrate that now in this time of communion. God, help us to be more like you. Give us opportunities to let generosity flow from our hearts to experience that it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. It's our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.